From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. And today we're talking with investment advisor representatives Adam Morse and Janet Griffith. And today we're talking about rate hikes. Should we be freaking out or chilling out? Also, how do rate hikes play into the inflation conversation? Find out today in another topical episode of Keep It Simple. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Keep It Simple, each and every week. If you have any questions or episode suggestions, email us at podcast at assetbuilder.com. And you can find the notes for every single episode at assetbuilder.com slash podcast. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get to the show. So how are y'all doing today? Doing great. Great. It's good to be back. It's Mm -hmm. been a while since we've done this. It is. Yeah. Through the magic of editing and releasing schedules, uh, this is actually a month. Yeah. This is more than a month. This is probably a month and a week. Yep. Since we recorded last. Feels good to be back in the saddle. Mm -hmm. A lot's been going on since we recorded last, so there's a lot to talk about. It's true. Helping our clients through it. What's what's the key to to maintaining mental health, you think? What's your key to maintaining mental health when you got to work a lot? That's a deep question. Um... Well, just you just have to stay focused on what your core values are, right? And just just always be going forward and never looking back. Don't have bitterness or anger mm. or or there's just so many paths we can take with that. But from my perspective and my family history and the things that I've been through, that's that's what I try to do. I try to be thoughtful and kind and giving and loving and and put others before me. And I feel that that's what keeps me sane. So, I can vouch for that. That's that is how you you carry yourself. That's how you operate. Definitely true. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Anyway, yeah. okay. So, uh, what are we talking about today? I kind of want to talk about uh, you know this rate hike situation. Um, you know, seems like we we try to kind of do a lot of different things. Sometimes we like to talk about things that are of the moment. Other times we don't. Um, I think it's important to remember not to get caught up in what's happening in the moment. But I think, you know, knowing what's going on and being educated about what's happening in the moment in some ways can help you get through the moment um, mm-hmm. a little bit more effectively. So we just get, a, we're getting a lot of questions about it. It's obviously everywhere in the news. So I thought it'd be good to do, I thought it'd be timely to do uh, an episode on kind of why that's happening. You know, what does that mean, right? Kind of a little cheat sheet for this rate hike that we keep hearing about. So what is that term rate hike and how do you compare that to inflation? Yeah. So, I I mean, I think the easiest way to describe it, a rate hike is kind of the Fed's answer to combat inflation. All right. So, um, I mean, obviously we all know we did, we've done a couple of episodes about inflation end of last year. I mean, closing 2021, CPI was up 7%. You know, that was led obviously by housing, energy, even though energy's come back a little bit. Um, but housing and I mean, everyone knows vehicles, right? You can't find a vehicle. Prices for everything are going up. You could quibble over why that is. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, ultimately, inflation occurs because there is too much money in the system. There's too many dollars chasing. In the short term, money can increase a lot faster than the volume of goods and services that are offered. Um, so inflation occurs, right? Um, that's not a political statement. That's just a factual statement. So as inflation has continued and become a little bit more persistent, I think, than 
initially the Fed wanted to maybe acknowledge, I think there's been a realization that, you know, it's time to act, it's time to do something. So the Fed's kind of first move is to increase interest rates. Um, you know, speaking legislatively, the Fed kind of has, uh, when the Fed was created, they had really two mandates, okay? One was growing the economy and kind of the subtext of that is help keep prices stable, right? That was kind of the Fed's mandate. And that's, that's an inflationary concept. Don't let prices dip too quickly. Don't let prices increase too quickly. We want nice, steady, predictable mm-hmm. price increase over time. And then full employment. Help, help the mm-hmm. country, help the economy, right? As many people as want to be in the workforce, help them find a place to, to be in the workforce. So that's their two goals. Stable prices, full employment. Now they have a couple of things, a couple of tools in their toolbox they can do, right, to, to help achieve those mandates. The most common one is manipulation of interest rates. So the Fed is in charge of setting short-term interest rates. And those short-term interest rates set by the Fed are the, the bedrock interest rate that all other interest rates kind of feed off of, right? So when you go to buy a car, when you go to buy a house, when you go, you know, use your credit card, all those interest rates take their, their, their direction um, from the short-term interest rates that the Fed controls. And we'll talk about a couple other things. They can also um, buy and sell bonds, right, to get immediate money into and out of the system. They can quantitative ease, which is basically um, printing money, essentially in the form of creating new bonds um, to buy. Um, and they're talking about doing that as well um, or, or stopping that policy. But the, the first and foremost is the rate hike. So when we say rate hike, that's what we mean. We mean the Fed increasing those short-term interest rates to help combat inflation by reducing the supply of money in the system. Does that make sense? Total sense. <clears throat> and we can talk about why that is. I mean, Janet, maybe walk us through like logistically, why does a, a rise in interest rates reduce the money supply? Well, ultimately because it costs the consumer or businesses more to get loans. So you're going to see a reduction in consumers buying houses and buying cars and and those bigger ticket items that they typically go out and get loans for. You're going to see businesses scale back on growth. Their growth is probably going to be scaled back because they're not going to spend the extra dollars to get those loans or or uh, go after that money to help their business grow. So, so you're going to see a reduction in in um, consumer spending. Yeah, in spending and business and economic activity so, in general. Right. So it might help to give some maybe context, right? Because coming out of 2008, 2009, I mean, rates have really been historically low since then. I right. mean, I remember 2011, the refi boom occurred, right? Which is when people thought, oh, these three and a half percent mortgage rates will never last. So everybody refied their house, everybody mm-hmm. in the world, right? And sure enough, a decade later, here we are, and you can still pretty much get a mortgage for you know, mm-hmm. sub 4% with good credit. So coming out of that that financial crisis, that was, that was the move by the Fed, in addition to quantitative easing, was to lower interest rates. So when you lower interest rates, you're encouraging economic activity, right? I can mm-hmm. take out money because it's so cheap and I can go use that money to invest, to buy goods and services. It just stimulates the economy. Now, what the Fed is doing is they're constantly on this fence. They want to walk this line between keeping rates low enough that we stimulate economic activity. But if you keep them low too long, money becomes so cheap that there's too much money in the mm-hmm. system. And that's when inflation occurs. So they're constantly walking this line. Now, the reason that they've put off right raising rates is because 
they didn't feel the economy was kind of quote strong enough or sound enough to handle that, right? We, we, we still, in a sense, needed those low interest rates to help stimulate economic growth. So I think what the Fed, at least what, you know, Chairman Powell has communicated is that they feel strongly the economy is structurally strong enough and sound enough to be able to handle this, this rate hike. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I also think a lot of it is they were careful because much of this is a result of the pandemic, which is new, new for them. They're maneuvering through that. So they want to be careful mm-hmm. that they don't make a decision too quickly that could have an adverse effect. So um, so I agree. I think the economy is strong. The, the wages are going up. People are getting paid more. But now, now we can't keep up with the rate of inflation. So, so I think they've determined it yep. is time to, to start that process of, of trying to manage that inflationary action. So. Absolutely. Now, they've also, to be clear, that there's other tools they have in their toolbox. And they've talked about doing all of these things. They've talked about um, reducing their portfolio of bonds. So that's the other way that kind of that the Fed will operate, right? When they want to get money into the system, their first thing is interest rates because they want to see if the free market can figure it out mm-hmm. itself, right? Let's see if mm-hmm. the economy in terms of businesses and, and consumers can kind of get the right mix of, of activity. If they can't, right, then they will literally inject money into the system. Now, the way they do this is they buy government bonds, right? They they want the bonds and they are giving cash into the economy basically to to create money supply. That's what they've been doing. But that results in this huge portfolio mm-hmm. of bonds that the Fed holds. And so the way that they reverse that or they try to reverse that is they start to buy or I'm sorry, they start to sell these bonds, right? So they're basically taking money out of the system by selling these bonds back into the economy. So that's what they're also talking about doing is starting to to sell off some of that portfolio to kind of pull some money back out of the system. Now, the question is... What does selling mean? To whom do they sell? The market, because rates are going up. So those bonds become more attractive. Okay. So they're, they're investors. Correct. Okay. Correct. And so they, they want to take money out of the system, right? We, we want the right number of dollars in the system to chase the given level of, of goods and services that are out there for offer. Um, so they're talking about doing all of this now. Okay. So we've established what is a rate hike? Why is it happening? They want to try to curb inflation. Um, I think for listeners, the question would be, well, what does that mean for me? Like mm-hmm. what happens right. when a rate hike? Because again, that's why it's so popular because people assume there's going to be some activity or some action that takes place as a result of this rate hike. That's why it's everywhere in the news. So I think that's that's kind of what we should touch on is mm-hmm. you know, what does that mean for an investor? Right. What, what should we expect to happen as a result of that? Anytime they're, they're strong and communicating something like that, there's a kind of a panic mode with investors and we already see it happening in the market. Mm-hmm just from the conversations about raising the rates before they even happen. So, so yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to just remind our investors or any investors out there that, that these things happen. They happen for a reason, for good reasons usually. And we just have to continue to manage through that process with them and, yep. and help them make the best decisions with their, with their money. So you're saying don't panic, Ms. Shannon. Right. Never panic. You should never panic. Yeah, it's easier said than done. I know. As always, don't panic. And and why? Right. So why don't we panic? Well, we kind of know what happens in a rising interest rate environment. There are some, you know, if you believe markets are efficient, there are some very predictable kind of things that we can expect to happen in the economy. The first Janet's already talked about, which is you see this initial, right? So let's break it up into categories. You have equities, which are stocks, and you have fixed income, which are bonds. Those are the two 
kind of when we're talking about the stock market, those are the two main types of, of, of um, things you can purchase or in the open market, I shouldn't say mm-hmm. stock market, but in the marketplace. Well, with equities, people are anticipating this rate hike, right? And so that that risk or that that volatility is being priced into the market, that anticipation of that's being priced into the market. Why? Well, all these businesses are anticipating reduced monetary supply. It's about to get much harder to find capital mm-hmm. for growth, right? It's going to be harder to find money or at least more expensive to find capital to build factories or invest in research and development to find new products or new programs, whatever the case is. And so these companies uh, inherently want to want to hoard cash, right? They want to get get in a defensive position to weather whatever's about to happen. So you have sell-offs, you have consumers expecting the economy to kind of recoil, to kind of shrink in anticipation of this and this slowed economic environment. So it kind of starts to feed on itself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's essentially, and to be clear, the Fed will will use this as manipulation as a way to try to get the market to move, right? The Fed will will make statements and make comments specifically designed to try to play off of people's emotions to get them to wow. behave in a certain way. I mean, this is That's documented. Cool. We know they will do this. They've done this in the past just by talking about rate hikes yeah. or by saying, hey, we think the economy is getting strong. They want to boost investor confidence. And so their hope is they won't have to actually go in and, you know, let's call it a hard manipulation of the market, right? With any of these actions. So I think first and foremost, understanding that we're going to see volatility. Yeah. That is expected, okay? So that's why we don't have to panic. We That's very predictable, okay? Anything that we can predict, and as long as the machine is acting like we would expect it to act, that's a reaffirmation that markets are behaving efficiently. Right. Now, fixed income, and we'll talk about kind of what to do with your investments, you know, in, in light of this information. With fixed income, we've talked about this before, there's an inverse relationship between the price of bonds and the movement of interest rates. Now, rates are about to go up, at least we think they are. So what is that gonna do? Well, this inverse relationship means as rates go up, bonds that have already been issued are gonna drop in price, okay? Now, why is that? Mm. Well, if I hold a bond, say, paying 3%, right? Because it was sold to me three years ago. Well, if the Fed raises rates, that means a new bond that comes out today might pay 4%. So if I want to sell my bond, and that's all a price is, I hammer on this all the time, a price just represents, if I want to sell it, this is what the market's willing to give me for it. You don't have to sell, right? 3% is not terrible. But if I wanted to sell, I'm competing against a bond out there that's 4%. So if there's an investor on the street that's interested in buying bonds, well, he wants that 4%. Why would he ever buy my 3% bond? The only reason he would ever buy it is if I reduce the price enough to make that 3% attractive based on the amount he invests in it, right? So that the yields are the same. So you should expect a drop in bond values initially. Now, the thing to understand is that that relationship between rates and bond prices becomes exacerbated the longer your bonds are away from maturity, Mm. okay? So a 20-year bond is going to react much more aggressively to a rate hike than, let's say, a two-year bond or a five-year bond. So these are things you need to understand relative to your investments, to your portfolio. Um, and we can talk about, you know, what should you do? What are some concrete steps you can take in light of this rate hike that's most likely going to happen in the coming months? Well, do you want to go there or do you want to talk about our next point, which is long-term goals? Oh, man. Right. Janet. Right. It's just, it's what we preach and teach here. It's our investment philosophy. You invest for uh, the long duration. And, you know, I mean, even if you're retiring, there's still a long period of time that your investments will be sitting there working for you, growing, 
so that you can um, make them last for for the rest of your life. So, so just staying focused on that goal and not getting caught up in what's happening right now is so important because this will level out when we don't know, but it mm-hmm. will. It always does. Um, I mean, a lot of these measures that the Fed are taking are because they have learned from the past. They've learned from the 70s. They've learned from War- World War One, World War II, all the recession, the depression, uh, that crazy inflationary period in, in the 70s and 80s. And so, so hopefully we will never enter those type of events again, but there will be other events that hit us, just like the pandemic. We weren't expecting that. I mean, we've played the game maybe, but we, <laughs> we never really expected it to happen in our lives, right? Yep. Uh, and those thing ha- things happen and they play an important role in, in what happens in the economy. So, and this inflation actually is a result of even that. So it wasn't predicted, but here it is. And they're trying to manage it and deal with it. So as investors, as advisors, we just say, stay focused on, on Mm -hmm. your goals, your plan. Don't get derailed by this. You might need to make some minor adjustments in your portfolio. That is possible, um, or, or not. So, yep. And, and I mean, you talk about minor adjustments, I would say the most obvious quote unquote adjustment, right? Everybody, should, this is a good opportunity to reevaluate your fixed income, right? Look at your, your exposure. If you have a lot of long duration, you know, long maturity stuff, I'm going to say longer than like eight years, maybe look at that. Maybe it's a time to reduce some of that and, and maybe not, right? If you're a bond ladder holder or you have a specifically structured fixed income instrument for income, then let it do its thing, right? You don't care about the price, you care about the income stream. So maybe mm-hmm. let it be. But based on how you're investing, just sit down and look at it. If you work with an advisor, call your advisor, ask about the the duration of maturity and ask what kind of sensitivity you're subject to with the rate hike. I think that's first and foremost. With With equities, with stocks, I would absolutely just echo what Janet said, don't panic. Mm-hmm. This is a buying opportunity. Whether that means Mm -hmm. deploying idle cash that you have, right? And most people have some idle cash. I wouldn't go into your rainy day fund, but if you have idle cash, that's a question we get a lot for the last couple of years. I want to get in, but it seems rather high. Well, here's your sign, right? Mm -hmm. Here's your opportunity to get in. For other people, a buying opportunity might just look like rebalancing, right? That might just look like selling off some of that fixed income that's probably over the last couple of weeks become a slightly higher percentage in your portfolio, sell some of that, shave some of that back and buy back into mm-hmm. the dip and just keep doing that. That's why this disciplined approach we talk about, the answers are always in the approach. Mm-hmm. You don't have to resolve the problem every time we see mm-hmm. dips in the market. You don't have to have an answer for everything. You let the market tell you what the right thing to do is. They're dipping, buy into that dip and continue to do that over time because what Janet said is absolutely true. It's here now, but we don't know, you know, all the things we're talking about, we know are likely to happen but that's only part of the equation. We don't know when they will happen, right? The Fed's saying they're going to raise rates. We don't know if that's going to happen February, March. I mean, the timeline keeps moving up, but we don't know when that's going to happen. We also don't know how quickly the market will price that in. On the mm-hmm. equity side, we don't know how long it will take for these these interest rates to flush their way through the system in the bond market. So it's one thing to know these things are going to happen. It's another thing to act on that information successfully. And so that's why we always go back to our approach. The reason we want to harp on it, the reason we want to educate ourselves and our listeners on what is going on is so that, you know, on any voyage, on any journey, if you know what's around the corner, if you know what's coming, 
it, it makes you more comfortable mm-hmm. to get through it. It doesn't necessarily mean, right. well, that's coming. I need to hop off the path. No, no, we're going to get through it. Just know what's coming, right? It's like, yeah. if I know I'm going to need to run a mile, save up some energy, have a glass of water, maybe mm-hmm. some electrolytes, and then you're ready to run that mile, <laughs> right? So knowing what's coming, I think is really helpful in allowing you to stay disciplined and allowing you to stay on that approach. Um, you know, I, I would say also <laughs> make sure that you're, here we go. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> on a rant. Let Janet have this one. I'm, I'm <laughs> on a rant. This one. I'm on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Janet, what should we should we keep our nose out of the media too, and not <laughs> yes. not suck that down too much? Uh, I wanted this. We so know. Hard. We know. This it's is my so, favorite point. <laughs> it's so hard, you know. Even as I'm, I try to read daily and stay on top of the financial news and all of that, and it's so hard to to to, you know, what what's the word I'm looking for? Dive in and read all of these, Uh these articles and listen to the news and know what really matters and what doesn't. They sensationalize it so much. And it is a, a panic stricken factor. I can't even think of all the right words I'm going to use, but they just strike fear in, in their listeners. I don't know why. I don't know why that's so important to them. Clicks. But keeps your attention. Period. (sighs) If you're scared, you you feel like I need to, I need to hear what's happening. I'm scared. It's important to know. I mean, it's important. I like to read and know what's happening because I want to make the best decisions and advise our, our clients in making the best decisions. So it is important to understand these things, why they're happening, how they happen and all of that. But yeah, but (laughs) yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, if if you watch, (laughs) that's a good point. If you watch it long enough, this, the the media narrative, it's just the same reheated topics. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, inflation. Yeah. We've seen inflation before. We we know, we know kind of how this goes. Now they'll have different people on with their opinion, but it's typically right. an opinion that somebody else talked about six months ago. So, right. And all those people that tend to go out there and make these grand predictions, uh-huh. they're usually wrong. And they're, ab- and they're absolutely not compensated based on the accuracy of that yeah. prediction. So, so I mean, we just, we don't know. We always tell our clients, we don't know. Yeah. We just know that, that markets are efficient. They will work themselves out over time. Yes, there's going to be lows. And there's power in that acknowledgement because right. it, 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 ar- mm. you arrive at a very different set of conclusions if you don't know what's going to happen. If you're 100% sure that there is no car coming around that corner, you will not look. If you're yeah. on your butt, you will keep riding or keep driving right to that intersection because you're 100% confident mm-hmm. that there's no car coming. <laughs> if you are acknowledging that mm, maybe I don't see something, maybe there's something obstructing my view, maybe I don't have all the information, you might hit the brakes just just enough. You might have your foot hovering over that pedal before you hit the intersection just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what acknowledging we don't know we keep our foot over the pedal at all times so that when that does occur, we're ready. We don't have to make all these changes and, you know, it's not like it's something we never, never mm-hmm. thought of in terms right. of, of the possibility. So, I mean, literally what I have in my notes, I said, live your life. Don't get sucked into the oversaturated media perspective. The most recent thing to happen is the most important thing to happen because it's not go outside, yeah. read a book, exercise maintain perspective. And if you're an indexer with a proper amount of risk baked in your portfolio, maintain perspective and let your portfolio do the work. Okay. The best thing we can do is that. Yep. Let the portfolio do its work. Short-term volatility. Mm -hmm. And by that, what I really mean is a drop in your portfolio value does not equate 
to an inability to meet your goals. Right. It just simply doesn't. Mm -hmm. Those two things are not correlated unless you panic sell. Yep. So just understanding that and maintaining that perspective. It's not that value unless you sell it. The market lows lead the way to market highs. So that's right. Yep. That's right. That's what we're waiting for. We're, you know, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're striving for is, is to help our clients stay in position. So when those highs come back, yep. they're going to be better off than they were the day before the low hit. So that's right. That's right. Did we cover it? Is there anything? I mean, you could get so deep into this and, you know, there's a lot to be said for in terms of inflation is that fiscal policy, is that COVID, is that supply chain issue? doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is inflation's right. here and this rate hike is most li- is likely to occur. So just be aware of it, follow it, track it. Obviously, if you've got questions, send an email to the podcast. We'd love to reach out to you and answer your questions. Um, it's, it's possible we'll do another episode about this in the future just to kind of, you know, check in, see how things are going. But um, yeah, until then, try to take heed of what we're talking about because I think it'll, it'll, it'll make your ride much smoother. Yeah, chill out, everybody. Yeah, relax. <laughs> relax. Watch the news, but then don't, is basically what we're saying. <laughs> right. Watch the news, but just barely enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Ms. Janet? That's it. That sounds great to me. Good job, Adam. Good job. I'm <laughs> sorry. Really good job I, I'm sorry. You know, I felt like I was really getting better about my ranting, and then we took like a month break with the holidays, and I just totally lost discipline. Yeah, to be honest, it felt like you're really efficient in your rants this time. It didn't feel ran- It didn't feel okay. rambly. I feel like okay. you had a point. You got to yeah, it. Absolutely. This time. So the rants, I think we're good. Oh, Short and sweet. This time. You guys are so nice to me. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. No, we're not. All right. Well, no. until next time. All right. Thank you guys for your time. We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com. If you have any questions for Adam or Janet concerning this topic or anything else, please visit us at our home on the web, assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every episode. 